0: Hello, everybody. I am Peter Travers, and this is Popcorn, where we tell you what is popping in the culture. And one of my favorite shows is called Unreal. And one of my favorite people on this show is Constance Zimmer. And I've tried to get her on the show so many times. And uh, always they say, no, send him away. You know, really. (laughs) I'm sorry. Do you know she's an Emmy nominee? (laughs) And her show has won a Peabody Award and a Critics' Choice Award. And yet... Constance, you have agreed to come and sit near a vat of popcorn, which and I'm going to eat. Me. Please do it. I You've will got eat to it. Do it. Let's You've just got do it now, do it.
1: so that when it's stuck in my teeth, oh, it'll be there for the whole interview. <laughs> it's so
0: interview. great, the whole yeah. interview. This is so good.
1: Yeah. Let's just, you know, look. I'm, I'm, I have no shame.
0: <laughs> You're very brave. You really
1: brave are. But to eat popcorn. <laughs> popcorn,
0: sure. On television, on television, <laughs> on television mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, at the theater, yes. Sure, but it's not the same thing.
1: You can't anyway, have freshly popped popcorn there and not eat it.
0: I, people do. I'm telling you. They get intimidated by well, the idea of it, but those not people, you. No,
1: they're not living life You're correctly.
0: You're not intimidated by any of that.
1: No. Uh-uh.
0: Anyway, here you are at ABC <laughs> today, you know, uh, the breeding ground for The Bachelor. That's and the right. The Bachelorette. And you have a show that takes, well, I would call it maybe a, a satirical look at it sometimes. But also, it's, it's not just The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. It's We live in this reality world that you've created. And your character, Quin, I always think it's great that she's Quinn King rather <laughs> than Quinn Queen. It's hard to say, mm-hmm. but... Um, that's what she really should be. She's the queen bee of that place. She just runs everything. Right. And I'm assuming that was you and that's your personality. And you come in wherever you go and say, <laughs> you, over there. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I find it so funny that I always get cast as these types of characters because I'm actually so not that uh, I am controlling. Don't get me wrong. That I that I can admit to. <laughs> you kept to. saying
0: the pop country be closer to me
1: before. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd like to get a bounce <laughs> off I'm the sorry. yellow. The a little bit of bounce. Yeah, a little sure. bit of glow. A the nice something. butter glow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm super insecure. I mean, I'm just like every other artist or actor out there. We're all insecure, and we like to dive into characters. I'm about every
0: Art ourselves, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right? That's We're, right. But so it is fun to be able to go and play that character that is so the opposite of what I do in my daily life or who I am as a person. And and she doesn't have to apologize for it either because of the world that we're set in, you know, being behind the scenes of a reality show. uh, She is the queen bee and she. Can be as caustic as she wants to be, and she doesn't have to say sorry because it's her show and she's running it. And if she gets a good show and she gets good ratings, then she's done her job. Doesn't matter how she got there.
0: I understand that season three is finally we have a bachelor who's a woman,
1: mm-hmm. a sutress,
0: a sutress, which sounds yes. really filthy. <laughs> no. I mean, the suitor it used to be on Everlasting uh-huh. was one thing,
1: sutress. I, I mean, it's it's no. the feminine version of suitor. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, no. So
0: I'm assuming, because of the sutras, <laughs> that this season will take us into the world of uh, toxic masculinity. That. <laughs> We seem to be living in this world. Yeah,
1: we definitely get to objectify some men this season, which I have to say was really Mm -hmm. fun. I mean, because it was very exciting to have three strong women surrounded by 25 hot men. Mm -hmm. And even though we were the minority, we were still more powerful than they were. And that felt really cool. That's the cold joke to me is that the women on
0: this show and in life are usually way more powerful than these guys. Right. You I know? mean, come on. This
1: is the way it is. My wife taught me that years ago. They make a human being in their stomach and then they yeah take it out of their body. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're more powerful <laughs> than men. I would really like to see a man do that. I'm pretty sure they can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next guest. Next guest. <laughs>
1: right. That's right.
0: Who, who That's right. could this person be?
1: Uh, yeah, but it was. It really changed the dynamic in ways that I really hadn't anticipated. There's the obvious stuff, right? Now it is 25 men, and they're all in their swimsuits as opposed to the women being in their swimsuits. And But it was fun because Serena, Caitlin Fitzgerald, who plays the Sutress. The sutress. <laughs> she comes in wanting to be on the show. And our past suitors were there because of bad publicity or what and were kind of forced to be there she wants to be there she thinks this is going to work because she's going to vet all the men she's going to get herself out there she is going to be able to find the man of her dreams but what she doesn't understand is that when she shows up and it's us against her it's who's gonna win
0: I know my money's
1: on. I mean, (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) I I keep telling everybody, I don't start strong, though, Mm. because Quinn and and Rachel do start this season at um, a very uneven point because of how the season two ended. Well, season
0: two, I mean, there's murder. There's people going off cliff. There's, I mean, my God. I know.
1: That's why it was important for us. Uh, that you were going to see how that affects them moving forward because it takes season three takes place six months later. Mm. So we wanted people to understand like this is what has happened to them. They didn't just, say, oh, well, that was another season. Oops, (laughs) somebody went over a cliff. You have to see what happened and how it affected them and their jobs. And, you know, Rachel is on a a goat farm and she's pledging that she's never going to tell a lie ever again. But yet, good luck
0: with that. Right. Television.
1: Exactly. And that's (laughs) why it's a fun thing to put that kind of idea into a reality show for a producer, because all she does is lie. And here she's made a vow to not lie. So that was fun to see how long that was going to last. Because, of course, Quinn, was, that was like a joke. That was like the funniest thing she'd ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: are you always Constance?
1: Always Constance. The people have never said they've never called you Connie? When I was in high school. Really? Which, when I graduated high school, I nipped that in the bud. You I said was no like, more. No. Mm-mm. It works very well, though, now. Because if people call me Connie, I know I knew them in high school. Mm-hmm. And so I automatically seem like a great person that I remember them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> or they're
0: just rude and they've gotten it all wrong.
1: True, because there is really a physical reaction when somebody calls me Connie. I there's a little like the hairs go up the <laughs> back of my neck as if I'm a different person. Listen. I'm not. I'm the same person. Listen. I just have a longer bigger name now.
0: I don't because I grew up that same way where my parents said you're not Pete you're Peter this is the way it's gonna be forever I don't care that and if people call me Pete mm-hmm. I get a sense of right excuse me yeah. You know, and forget high school. You know, it was just never allowed.
1: Well, Constance, for me, when I was young, felt like a very big name. It's a big name. And so I would be, I would walk up to my teachers. I remember, like, in first grade, second grade, and I would say, my name's Connie, it's not Constance, don't. Because I'd get teased about, like, oh, Princess Constance, because it was this big, like, <laughs> like what name, yeah. right? <laughs> and I, And so then I became insecure about it. And so I would always tell all the teachers, call me Connie, call me Connie. And, you know, again, I think I grew into it. And now I don't want to go backwards. I just want to go forwards. I,
0: I don't know. Now I just think, well, besides this temptation to call you Constance. Oh. Princess, <laughs> Princess Constance? Oh. Princess really, Constance. Queen Constance. How about that? No, it's
1: really right. good. Yeah.
0: You know? And I'm sure that that goes on on this set. Because... To me, this has to be one of the most uh, confusing shows to shoot because we're watching the making of the show and then we're seeing what's happening with the characters who make the show and the characters who are on it. So how do you even know where you are?
1: The first season was very hard because I was talking to background actors who were dressed as crew thinking they were crew, but they were actors. Because we have real crew that mix in with the background crew. And we have our cameraman who are in the shot sometimes. Mm -hmm. And actually shooting what you see on the show. And forget about it. I directed two episodes. I did an episode in season three and an episode in season four. Try then directing the show dressed as Quinn Being Quinn in the scene, when I'm directing it as Constance, but Quinn in the scene is yelling at people, and the actors are like, is this a direction or is this the character? Because sometimes I'll improv stuff, just like randomly, and I didn't realize that when I was directing that they were all looking at me thinking... I don't, what do I, do I, am I, is this, are we rolling? You know, because it was, we, a lot of times you just keep rolling on our show because you want to keep it flowing and the energy because it's very chaotic and that's when it works Are really you allowed well. to improv on the show? Which yes, would- yes and no. Within the parameters without, you know, screwing something up too much. Quinn, I get a little bit more... Leeway, because I can throw out zingers.
0: So have you become, because of this, a reality show freak? Are you uh, sitting there watching every episode of The Bachelor?
1: I never watched it. <laughs> I never watched it before. I had to watch one season because... You
0: need to apologize now to ABC.
1: Well, <laughs> because, no, because here's the no, thing. Fine. Don't no, fine. No, I mean, I never, I never, the only reality show I watch is RuPaul's Drag Race. And I watch Project Runway. I feel like I can learn something from those shows. I can be educated. I can have smart, intelligent conversations. I just, like, I watch Drag Race with my daughter. I just feel like I can't watch other reality shows with my daughter. It's It's a little... It's conversation I don't want to have, where Drag Race is bringing conversations that I do want to have. And that's important to me as a parent. But also, there is so much television to watch that I've just never gotten into it. It's never been my thing. But I did have to watch a season before I started the show Mm because I read the first script and I went... What, is, what is that? What is happening? What are these people doing? What? I was like, they show up riding on a unicycle, blowing on a flute. I was like, what are you talking about? I couldn't even grasp. I was like, our show is crazy. And then I watched one season and I went, oh, all right. Well, that's all. I get it. And now I don't need it anymore. No, I don't need it. I got it. <laughs> no. I got I it. can handle yeah. this
0: for the rest of But how did this happen to you? I need to know. Uh, okay. How? How? You as I, as I read, um, growing up in Seattle, um, wanting to be an Olympic gymnast.
1: You do very good research, Peter. That's it. It's just in this head. It's there.
0: It's just there's no nothing to read. No. It's just there. It's fantastic. You know? It's, just, it, <laughs> it's there. I, I love yet. it. Well, because again, it's it's unbelievable. It's unreal <clears throat> that this happened. Mm-hmm. There you are, German family. Yeah. What did they say when you decided not to be a gymnast anymore?
1: Well, I was training for the Olympics um, for gymnastics when I was very little. I was in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, third, fourth grade-ish and I, I had no life. I mean, it was 18 hours of training and certain ways to eat and you, I'd get to go home just to do my homework. And it turns out I realized I was a very social person, that I actually liked to have friends and do things with my life <laughs> oh, well, that that,
0: I mean. I'm sorry you're not cut out for any aspect
1: <laughs> of but, that kind
0: of training no, or and, this business.
1: And But that's the thing is I when I realized that that was would have to be and also I don't like working out, which was also a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: downside for Olympic training. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, do I have to do this? That's
1: right. can right. I
0: just do a day of? Yeah, can't I just kind of
1: show up? <laughs> right. Whatever, just tell me the routine when is I get there. That's
0: your feeling about rehearsal yeah. and things like that on shows like this right. now, too?
1: Well, I mean, and that was the thing, is that my mom uh, was a, a child star when she was young, actually in Germany, and her mother didn't let her continue to be an actor because she didn't like that she was being recognized on the streets. And so I think that when my, when I was like, I don't want to do this, my mom was like, okay, well, what do you want to do now? And it was, I didn't figure out about acting until I was in high school. I did everything else in front of an audience. I was on the dance team. I still did gymnastics, but I just did it recreationally. I did it at school. I went all the way through like sixth, seventh grade. And I just, You know, performed on the team and all that stuff. Um, You know, I did everything that required working out. It was all exhausting. (laughs) And I was just like, I really like food. And I really like hanging out with people. (laughs) And that was the end of that. how do I do all that? So you said, well,
0: I think I'll do acting. (laughs) It just came in that one day, yeah. and then the, when did it happen?
1: Well, because they were auditioning for Grease, and Grease was my favorite movie mm-hmm. like, of, of all, all time. time, and still is. I can tell. By I the way. love it <laughs> so much, much. and uh, and because I had dance training and I had been singing, I thought. Oh, well, oh, and I was a cheerleader. And so I auditioned for the cheerleader part in Greece because I didn't really know yet if I was going to be good at this or anything. So I auditioned for Patty Simcox in Greece, who's a super <laughs> spaz, right? And, uh, and I got it. And then when I did it, I just went, oh. Wow! Look at this. Is what's this? <laughs> there's like people applauding and laughing, and there's
0: nothing to do gymnastically, right?
1: Well, I did have to do a cartwheel on stage. You, well, but that was fine. You I already knew had how the to do train. that. Exactly. You already
0: could do that. Exactly. So this comes in. So in all the shows that we've seen you on, you know, whether you're on House of Cards, you know, where, you know, you're a journalist, you're incredibly tough. Uh, when you're an entourage. You're like, become the head of a studio. Always in control. Always the smartest person in the room.
1: Who runs the world? Well, okay. I'm just saying. But what's it
0: like? The right.
1: burden.
0: The, the burden of being the smartest person in the room.
1: It doesn't feel like a burden. Okay. I have to tell you, it feels like a. Um, I'm so unbelievably grateful that these roles have been written. And that I've been able to portray them because Dana Gordon is a very good point that Mm -hmm. you bring up. You know, Dana Gordon was one of the first strong females who went head to head with a very strong man. And, um... It worked for her, and she climbed the ladder because she held her own, and she didn't try to become something that she wasn't, and she never apologized. And even as much as he would dig at her and try and take her down, he was always still building her up. So we do need the men behind us to... Support us and bring us up And that being such a male Dominated show it was such an Incredible like platform for A female to come and become Empowered in an all Male show and to then end up Running pretty much their lives Right yeah. so I Don't but it doesn't feel like a burden it Just feels like um, it's good It feels like an honor I mean it's an honor I hope to I hope to Play these types of women For my entire career But this show, because it's
0: your first time, you don't know, ends in song. It always ends in song. You singing. No, it ends. Well, sometimes I join in. (laughs) But if Greece was your favorite uh, thing, I mean, it could be Patti Simcox. I don't care what it is. It could be in German.
1: There is a German <laughs> I mean, like lullaby that my mother used to sing to me, which is "Alle um, meine Entchen schwimmen auf den See, schwimmen auf den See, Köpfchen in das Wasser, Schwänchen in die Höhe."
0: And somehow I think that that was. <laughs> It sounds like it's sweet. There might have But been, when I get the translation, it's There might be have been a made-up really cuss word in there. Bad. It's
1: about ducks. It's, it's about good, ducks.
0: Just so you know. It's good to have Connie and Pete do a show together. So,
1: <laughs> thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for having You're me. You're just
0: a delight. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>